You know, uh, the theme for all my life, really, but all uh, this camp is stories, telling stories, stories about Jesus, stories about us. And really the best way to tell a story is for that one person, who whatever story it is, to tell it because they know it best. And so that's why last night you saw me dress up in a costume and a fake beard to pretend to be Joseph to tell his story about Jesus. And I think, I, you know, I love that particular script and all the imaginings that went on in my heart and mind to write it. Because we don't know much about Joseph, do we? And we have kind of a skeleton, really, of you know how he fit into the story. And so what I add to it is a little bit of flesh, a little bit of organs, a little bit of hopefully sanctified imagination that I think could have been likely to tell his story. And so you'll see that um, today. And uh, I'll be telling you a little bit about my story, and uh, hopefully it'll be worthwhile in the sight of God. Um, I am from, originally from Minnesota, and uh, that will always be my home state. I love the lakes and the snow, if there's enough to play on. Um, my ministry career has been since 1984. Um, I was started out as a youth guy because they needed a youth pastor in that church. And then two years later, they said, we need a children's guy. You be the children's pastor. And I said, okay. And, the, and, and so I did that for five years. I kind of found my niche with children. And so for many years, I was a children's pastor, traveled full time. And uh, 26 years ago, I remember being here with my family at a homeschool family camp. My son, my wife was with me and my eldest son, Justin, was seven. And my uh, daughter Katrina was two, and uh, we did a full uh, a full camp of other people telling their stories from American history. I don't know if any of you saw those. I, I know there's just a few. Yeah, so if you want to hear about those, then talk to the Diltzes. They know all about it, and we were all uh, younger then, anyway. <laughs> and uh, and so. That led me to kids pastoring in Kentucky and Iowa, and now I'm a hospice chaplain, which is a, a very interesting story, and I'll tell you more about that tomorrow. But one of the things that I did early in ministry was create a system of learning all the books of the Bible in order with hand motions that tell what each book is about. And um, I am the man you will see in in the video resides here, <laughs> covered up with, you know, 30 years of uh, uh, <clears throat> enhancements, and uh, you'll find a little, a little more silver in my hair. My wife says I'm gray. No, no, I'm silver. But uh, that was back when I had only one chin, and I did not have to clip my eyebrows. So, um, anyway, <laughs> Brian, if you'll, ch if you'll play, this is the Bible Moves theme song, and then we're going to get up and learn some of them today. Are you ready? Go ahead and laugh. Everywhere you go, the whole world around, there are people whose problems bring them down. They try this and that, don't know where to look. Someone should point them to the book. You see, the Bible moves are done with your hands. 
when you learn them all, you will understand that each book of the word has something to say to help you live from day to day. This is a book of life. It is a book of love. It is wisdom straight down from God above. There is only one way to make sure you don't lose. You better know the Bible moves. You see, the Bible moves are done with your hands. When you learn them all, you will understand that each book of the Word has something to say to help you live from day to day. You see, the Bible moves are done with your hands. When you learn them all, you will understand that each book of the Word has something to say to help you, to help you, to help you live from day to day. Oh, it's painful to look back. <laughs> That's okay. I don't mind it at all. I'm like my dad. He had a way of laughing at himself, um, and uh, I, I somehow I picked that up. As a matter of fact, the day he passed was April Fool's Day. I think he did that on purpose. He's laughing down from heaven. Anyway, so I want you to get your hands loosened up, and we're going to first, we jump right in. We're going to learn the first five books of the Bible. It won't work if you keep them in your pocket. <laughs> okay, so um, Genesis is the book of creation, and what we do is we grab two handfuls of stuff, make it into a ball, hold it in your hands, and say, Genesis. Everyone with me? Genesis. Like. Talk out loud, okay? Here we go. Genesis. Very good. The book of creation. If you want to know where all this came from, don't consult your evolutionary fiction books. No, you look in the Bible. You see where God put it all together. And uh, we are going to sing a song about creation in just a few minutes. So every uh, one more time. Here we go. Genesis. We're off to a good start. Now, Exodus. Try that. Exodus. This is where God's people, you know, they were in slavery in Egypt. God got them out of there. They went through the Red Sea, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. That's the book of Exodus. Here we go. Exodus. Oh, oh my. Apparently other parts of my body are failing. Here we go. Exodus. Leviticus is like this. We bring our offering in to the priest, and he offers it up to the Lord. Say Leviticus with me, Leviticus. Now, everything you want to know about animal sacrifice is in this book. Thank God that he made it so that we don't have to do that anymore. We can just eat our steaks and love it. Here we go. Let's say Leviticus one more time, Leviticus. Then we have numbers. Numbers, what are we counting? These are the fighting men in all Israel. They counted them once at the beginning of the Exodus and once at the end when they were just about to go into the promised land. Say, numbers, numbers. And this lady is doing them under her blanket. Numbers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. Here we go. <laughs> You're so crafty. She's probably learned these before. Have Well, there you go. See? And you too? Like when you were this tall? See? There you go. She's a veteran. Okay, and we have the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. There it is, the fifth book of the law. Say it together with me. Deuteronomy. 
Very good. Let's do all five together, and then I'm going to need some helpers. Wiggle your fingers. Wiggle your lips. You're probably not old enough to, to do this. <laughs> I just like that noise. I'm sorry. Old body, young mind. It's weird. Okay. Oh, yeah, Genesis. Here we go. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Oh, you guys are so good. Now, when I, um, the reason I did this when I was a first children, first was a children's pastor was my wife said, Brian, these kids don't know the books of the Bible. We need to teach them. And so I said, yes, dear. And I came up with this. And I thought then this could be the most enduring thing that I do in ministry uh, because it is, it's a, it's a system that uses sight. It uses tactile, it uses hearing, it's all the things, okay? All the learning styles in one. So it's pretty effective, and yes, we do need to know all the books, Genesis to Revelation. Everybody stand with me, and I need two helpers. Two helpers, come on up here, let's see. Oh, young man right there, yeah, and how about, calm down, you'll get your turn. Young lady right there. Come on up. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the pigtails. The pigtails. Come on up here, Jack. Thank you for wearing your name tag. Stand right there. And what's your name? That is correct. Okay. We're going to do the Bible moves. Everybody, here we go. The first five. Okay, look look stern at these guys who are not standing. Oh, defiance. Okay, mom and dad. Deal with it later. Not my job. Here we go. <gasps> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. <gasps> Put your trumpet up to your lips and say, Joshua. You know how Joshua blew the trumpet and everyone went marching around Jericho and the walls came down. It's all the first book of history. Joshua, one more time. Joshua. Then we have judges. These were important people who ruled Israel. After Joshua, you know the story of Othniel, Ehud, oh, oh, Gideon, Deborah, Samson. Those were judges. They were, they were very important. Say judges. Then we have Ruth. Yeah, Ruth was a Moabite lady, and she met her husband when she was picking up grain, gleaning in his fields. They were picking up grain and putting it in the basket. It's a wonderful story of God's redemption. Say Ruth together. Ruth. Then we have First and Second Samuel. Take a horn of oil, pour it on someone. Say First and Second Samuel. He's the guy who anointed the kings. Yeah, first it was Saul and then David and all the rest. One more time. First and Second Samuel. Then First and Second Kings. Put a crown on your head. All the good kings and bad kings too. Say it together. First and second kings. Then we have um, versus some, something else. <laughs> first and second chronicles. They were unrolling a scroll. You see, it's the chronicle of all that history written after the people went into exile and came back. That's first and second chronicles. Uh, say it one more time. First and second chronicles. 
Then we have Ezra. You know what this is? It's the temple. See, there's the temple, there's the steeple. Open the door and see all the Hebrews. There you go. Yeah. After they were exiled, they came back and they rebuilt the temple. Leader's name was Ezra. One more time. Ezra. Then Nehemiah put a brick upon brick, build that wall around Jerusalem, say Nehemiah. And the shortest guy in the Bible. Did you know that? Nehemiah. <laughs> Dad joke. I'm sorry. Okay. Nehemiah. And Esther, the beautiful queen. Esther. Fluff that. Here, do, the, do this. Oh, that's perfect. Esther, the beautiful queen who saved her people. Now let's do those 12 books of history. Are you ready? Here's Joshua. <gasps> Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. <gasps> you did so well. Now go sit down, but you stay right here. You sit down. Okay, brace each other. Face each other. Now, at no time will you be in any danger, but we are about to have a shootout. Here's how a Bible move shootout goes. There are no projectiles. And uh, what we do is I'm going to say a book of the Bible that we just learned, and the first one of you to do the motion for that book shoots the other one. And you're not killed until you've been beat three times, Okay. The Bible Move Shootout has been a favorite of homeschooling families for nigh on 30 years. So <laughs> here we go. I was stretching that. It might be 26. Are you ready? Well, let's do this for practice, okay? What's the book of Exodus? Good, good. So you got the concept. Yep, he beat you by a half a step. But that we weren't counting that, okay? All right, let's try the book of Esther. He beat you by a hair. Didn't you do this? I did this, then I went like this. We'll have, to, we'll have to throw that one out, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. Try not to mix your Bible motions. Here we go. Let's everybody do Esther so they know what it is. <laughs> you look pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> Let's try this one. How about the book of Numbers? Ooh. That was such a, was it? Yeah, I think maybe he beat you by one soldier. You've been hit once. Now let's try the book of uh, First and Second Kings. Woo! So fast. Was it Jack? Can I trust these boys? Okay. That's okay. I, it was very close, but I think he did beat you. And now, and now you can come back. You're only down by two. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's try the book of uh, Genesis. Wait. She did like six others before. Did she do it first? Okay, bam. She beat you that time. You're wounded but not dead. Okay. It's, it's, okay, here we go. We'll try another one. How about the book of Joshua? I think she beat you. It's two to two. 
sudden death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's try the book of uh, Judges. Yep. Oh! <laughs> Give Jack a big hand. Give Jade a big, big hand. Good sports. Thank you. You guys go ahead and sit down. I'll tell you. I've had more fun with the Bible moves over the years. And uh, it is, as I say, enduring uh, more than I will ever know. Now, um, I told you I was going to teach you a song. Or, anyway... Uh, it's critical that we understand creation and how it is that, that God made the earth and the sequence of the days of creation because it's like a foundation that underlies all our theology for time and eternity. So I'm going to uh, sing you this song, and I will need some volunteers to come up and do hand motions because guess what? I can't do them when I'm playing the guitar, but stop, sit down. Okay, here we go. Uh, you got to hear the verse, and then I'll call for volunteers, okay? Um, what key is it in? Well, the Lord God above made the heavens and the earth, but way back then there was nothing of much worth. So the Lord set to work, he said, let there be light. He memory lapse. <laughs> so the Lord set to work, he said, let there be light. He separated came out just right. I'm in the wrong key. Let's start again. Well, the Lord set to work, he said, no. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, my word. Uh, let's just do this. I need one volunteer to come up. And be day one. Young lady, come on up here. Tell me your name. Delaney, that's right. Okay, here's what you do. You say, on day one, on day one, say that, the Lord had just begun. Right, say it real loud. Everybody with Delaney, here we go. On day one, the Lord had just begun. And you know what he said? When he saw that, he created the world and light, and he said, cool. Okay, there you go. Here we go. <laughs> the second day when God began, he started very soon. He said to Jesus, help me out. Let's make some elbow room. He pushed some water way down low, and some he pushed up high. And all the water right then became the sky. I need another volunteer. Oh, yes, let's see. Young man, come on up here. I should know your name from last night, but what is it? Sawyer, that's correct. Okay. Now, you're day two, okay, Sawyer? On day two, God made the sky so blue. Oh, everybody with Sawyer, here we go. On day two, God made the sky so blue. Now, you should use both hands, okay? Because you, you should do that, and I need to hang on to my guitar. So uh, let's do day one, okay? On day one, 
the Lord had just begun. On day two, God made the sky so blue. Oh, very good. Um, the third day, God was searching for some place on which to stand. He pushed some water over and he called the dry place land. This land became the perfect place for plants on which to be. And all the waters of the earth right then became the sea. I need another volunteer, please. Young lady right there, come on up here. Sorry, Dad. Made you move your feet. It's all right. What's your name? That is correct. Right here, Hannah. Next to them. Okay. <laughs> now say this. On day three, God made the land and the sea. Oh, don't get seasick, okay? Here we go. The Tana. On day three, God made the land and the sea. And you know what he said when he saw that sea? He said, awesome. <laughs> you are perfect for day three. <laughs> the next day, God was searching. No, wait, I did that one. Three days had come and gone so far and also had three nights. Then God said, hmm, this big old sky could surely use some lights. He made the sun to rule the day, the moon to rule the night. And then he sprinkled stars all over heaven just right. Oh, you're so close to what it is. I need another volunteer, please. You know what happens when you... Uh, volunteer your friend you have to come up yeah <laughs> oh you fit in just perfect okay what's your name Noah. Noah perfect oh this is great so you it's very complicated on day four you, words need to come out of your mouth on day four, God made the sun moon and stars galore That's it. Show them your stars. Show them your stars. Great stars. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, everybody, here we go. On day four, God made the sun, moon, and stars galore. Use both hands. It's wonderful. And you know what God said when he saw those stars? What did he say? Uh, I don't know. No. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or some some other contemporary word of praise. What is cool, dude? Cool, dude. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. Uh, next thing to fill the waters of the deep was the Lord's next project. He looked above to the skies; this he would not neglect. He made the fishes of the sea and birds up in the air. All sorts of fishes, squirming things, and birds beyond compare. I need another volunteer, please. How about this girl in the purple right there? Or would that be blue? I'm not sure. What's your name? Finley is correct. <gasps> Finley, this one's tricky. Here we go. Using both hands. Now, on day five, say it. 
birds. Oh, no, no, those are the fishes. <laughs> birds and fishes came alive. Isn't that cool? So everyone with Finley, here we go. On day five, birds and fishes came alive. And you know what God said when he saw all those squirmy things? <laughs> right. Or he might have said, Ew. Or something like that. Okay. Now, the last day of creation where God hauled his snowy. How does it start? You see, I don't I do this so seldom that I forget the words of this classic song. Okay. The, two, the last day of creation where God called us work. No, that's the seventh day. Anyway, on day six, God made man and the animals just for kicks. Okay? I need one last volunteer. Oh, young man right up there with a hat on. Come on down. Yeah, well, actually, there's seven. I Tell me your name, sir. Ian, here's what you do. On day six, on day six, God made man and the animals just for kicks. So take a bow at the waist. Good. Good, good, everyone with him. Here we go. On day six, God made man and the animals just for kicks. Oh, and what did God say when he saw man and woman in the garden? Awesome is correct. Yeah, yeah, that is biblical and true. The last day of creation week, God called his work complete. He set apart the seventh day to rest and soothe his feet. He made this holy day a day when we should do no labor. If we rest our bodies, worship him, in him we will find favor. I need another volunteer, please. Young lady, come on up here. Jade, am I right? Jada. Jada, super pro, Bible mover. Ever since she was a zygote. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. So on day seven, appointed for rest in heaven. Yes. And what did God say on day seven? Right. Or it might have been, I don't know. Okay. All right. We're going to do all seven. Are you guys ready down there? Hey, hey, day one. I lost them. Here we go. We're going to start. Oh, oh, there we go. Day one, the Lord had just begun. Day two, God made the sky so blue. Day three, God made the land and the sea. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars galore. Day five, birds and fishes came alive. Day six, man and the animals just for kicks. Day seven, appointed for rest in heaven. It's not too long. It's our creation song. Everybody, stand up and do it all together. Day one, the Lord had just begun. Day two, God made the sky so blue. Day three, God made the land and the sea. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars galore. Day five, birds and fishes came alive. Day six, 
man and the animals just for kicks. Day seven appointed for rest in heaven. Thank you. It's not too long. It's our creation song. Give my volunteers a big hand. <laughs> yes, you may be seated. You did great. Oh, I'm so you did better than I did, which is not too hard. There we go. So important to our understanding that all we see, all we see is God's design. And yes, he did create everything so beautifully. And when we see the flowers and the trees and the animals and the fish in the sea, we see God's thumbprint over everything. And if our hearts are open to him, we see his immortal power and majesty and justice. And as I did last night, I looked at the stars, the same stars David saw, and Moses, and Adam, and Eve. Those same stars God made. And when did he make them? Was it day one? Not correct. Day four. Light came on day one, day two, day three. Light was there. All sorts of living things, the continents, the seas. Day four, the sun, moon, and the stars. And now what's significant about the sun, moon, and the stars? Anyone? They, if you add them up, they spell what? T word, time. It's how we measure time. Yeah, we measure time by the revolution of the earth and the earth's rotation around the sun. Before day four, we had no measurements. And so when people say billions and millions of years, no. Sun and moon stars came on day four. That's the beginning of time, and there will be an end of time when those things go away. What's after that? The same thing that was before that. Eternity. Oh, there was something. God. Yeah. And he dwells in the realm of eternity, way outside what we know. Why? Because we're in this thing called time. And it's so fascinating. When I think about uh, 26 years of camp ministry at Heartland, that's just my experience. But in the chapel, we look, and this place was way older than that. You see those old, oldie pictures. I'm not quite old enough to be in those pictures. If you've seen them up above there in the, uh, in the dining hall, they're really cool. What do they say? At a certain point in time, men and women put a foundation of godliness here because they wanted for this place to be sanctified as a Bible camp, a place where the word of God would be preached. And it has been that and continues to do that and will do that in this thing we call time as long as God wants it to be here. And that's a wonderful thing. 
And that's the context of our stories and all the biblical story and everything else that we draw meaning and life from. Well, that, I think, is a good perspective. And I'm going to do a couple more things, a couple more stories today before we're done. And uh, this is one way to tell a Bible story. Again, we have, uh, you know, the skeleton of Scripture. And upon it, we we put the meat and the bones of various likely characters. The Bible tells us that, you know, there was family and there was industry at that time. And so this character, I call him Saul. He was a contemporary of Joseph and uh, worked with him in construction, in wood and stone. So he's going to tell you a story again about Jesus. Oh, I'm exhausted. Good time. Time for lunch. (laughs) Oh, what? Hey, are you the inspectors? You came to see the, my stonework, didn't you? Huh. No? Hmm. Listen, Joseph and Jesus and I, we've been making this wall. This stone wall, yeah, just outside of Nazareth. It's going to be nice, yeah. But we're not finished, no. It's going to take a lot of work. Maybe some of you, uh, are you experienced uh, in stone? Are you? Maybe you'll come help us afterwards. No, not now. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Hang on. Whoa! <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> Don't eat it off the ground. Here we go. Yeah! <laughs> okay. Well, now, I'll tell you, this Jesus, he is such a good kid. I was going up to Nazareth, you know, by Joseph's shop there where he does his woodwork. You know, you got all the little boys there training him up. Jesus is the oldest, you know. He's beginning to know all about tools and and and, and uh, a little bit about stonework too. And one thing about Jesus, he's really good with his little brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joseph and I, we were talking about, you know, what we're going to do. And he had, a, a, you know, something he was working on there. He's planning a board, and all of a sudden, I see Jesus out in the, in the gravel there with his brothers and sisters, and he's leading them along like this, and they're following him with, Jesus, what are you doing? He says, oh, hi, Saul, I'm the good shepherd, and, and, and these are my sheep. <laughs> and uh, look at they hear my voice and they follow after me. I'm, you know, teaching them about the shepherd's song. I'm leading them through the valley of the shadow. I'm finding a good pasture for them. I'm trying to get them to lay down. <laughs> but that's when things fell apart. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus was trying to get his sheep to lay down, and he was trying to lay down with them, and that's when they started crawling on him. Yeah, attack Jesus! <laughs> they're jumping on him, and he's tickling them, and they're tickling back, and there's laughing and dust flying. <laughs> well, 
Mary came out, she said, Jesus, Jesus, stop. Somebody's going to get hurt. And Jesus said, it's okay, Mama. These are my sheep. He said, let the little children climb unto me. Don't forbid them. Now, listen, they hear my voice. He said, all right, sheep, listen up. And just like that, they went quiet. Now, we'll go out to the green pastures to play. And with a kiss on his mother's cheek, they followed him. <laughs> that Jesus, he's a great kid. He has a great time with his little brothers and sisters. Oh, he's a good worker, too. <laughs> I have such respect for him that uh, I'm thinking about it. I have a daughter his age. Thinking about a little betrothal. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I talked to him once about it because you know the girls. Jesus, he's out there. He's straining his muscles. He's lifting stuff. And the little girls, they're like, Jesus. <laughs> I think he likes me. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? He's a good-looking kid. And he's a godly kid, too. Why, when he goes to Sabbath school and he honors his parents, who wouldn't like a kid named Jesus? Well, he said to me, Uncle Saul, listen, I know your daughter. She's a lovely girl, but uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the perfect bride. <laughs> well, I think Jesus is going to wait a long time <laughs> if he wants a perfect bride. <laughs> Well, anyway, I got to get back to work. But, uh, hey, if you come by some time, we'll do some work for you, me and Joseph and Jesus. Bye now. Who knows if that story went too far? Probable. Almost certainly that Jesus would have experienced those sorts of things in the time that he spent here on earth. And of course we know he is creating for himself the perfect bride that is the church. Well, I'm going to tell you one more story, but before I do, I want to encourage you to tell your story. Now, when I was just about your age in well, junior high, seventh, eighth grade, maybe. For some reason, uh, I was in. I found my way into speech competition, and the category was storytelling. I'm not quite sure how I got there, and I was horrible. And I remember watching this young lady. She was maybe a couple grades ahead of me, and she told a story that was gripping, and pulled us in. And it was so cool. I don't exactly remember that story, but I remember being impressed by her storytelling. And when I went into ministry, I began to discover it for myself, began to write certain stories and began to tell them. And I want to tell you, in closing, a story that I, I think is, is, I've told it so many times, I just love it. I hope you do too. Well, it was a bright, sunny 
summer day. Johnny and Jimmy were going out to play ball. They gathered up their caps and gloves, their ball bats and everything. They were going out of the house, down the street, and around the corner. Behind Mr. Anderson's house, there was a vacant lot. And oh, they loved to play baseball there in that sunny summertime. Well, when they got there, they saw something they had not seen before. There, up in back of Mr. Anderson's house, was a great big wooden fence. Well, being naturally curious, they went up and they said, saw Mr. Anderson. They said, hey, hey, what's this big fence here for? Oh, boys, <laughs> hi, how are you? He said, I put this fence here for you. Well, what do you mean for us? Well, I know you love to play baseball in the back there, and I don't want to... I don't want to stop that, but this ball is here as a protection. Now, hey, take a look at this. <laughs> See that big, beautiful, brand new picture window? They looked and they saw a big window that was not there before. They said, whoa, that's really nice. He made a little addition, you know, a little sitting room. And Oh, they thought, well, that, that's cool. He said, boys, what do you think that window cost? Oh. Uh, uh, they thought a little bit. They said, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, $200? <laughs> he said, boys, no, that window, just the middle one, $2,500. <gasps> so you see, I put that fence there so that your balls wouldn't come through and uh, smash that window. Well, they thanked him. They promised him up down, right, left, sideways, and cross-eyed, that they would never hit a ball to break that window. He said, I knew you'd feel that way, boys. Listen, you go have a good time. And that's just what they were doing. They were pitching and hitting, and, uh, well, Johnny was on the pitcher's mound. He took that ball, and he was grinding it into his mitt like the big leaguers do. He got ready to take the sign from the catcher, He got ready. He looked at first base. Nobody there. Looked at second base. Nobody there. He took his windup. He was stretching it. He threw his very fast, best fastball. <laughs> well, all that time, Jimmy was uh, on the mound. He was uh, at his bat. He was warming up, you know, swinging it around, and, and he was getting all loose, you know. Uh, he threw away one of those bats, and he was at home plate, bamming his bat on home plate. He wasn't quite sure why they did that, but he saw the big leaguers do that. So, you know, must be important. He was ready. He got his best stance, and there came that fastball. Whack! It was a long fly ball. Just like that, Johnny took her. Yeah, Jimmy took off for first base. He saw the first base coach. He would go around first. He was on his way to second. About that time, Johnny was going back and back, back in the outfield. He was going to catch that long fly ball. Well, Jimmy, about that time, he was rounding second. He was slow motion. You get the idea. <laughs> he saw the third base coach going all the way, go home. He went around third base. At that time, Jimmy was going back and back, and all of a sudden, poof, he hit something hard. He turned around. It was the fence. Oh, no. Ah! Uh-oh. 
<laughs> well, Jimmy was going around third base. He was almost home when he heard a sound. <laughs> Breaking glass. He stopped. He looked. There was Jimmy. No, Johnny. <laughs> Standing at the fence with an empty glove. He said, Oh, they went up to that fence. They climbed up. There was a broken window. They said the same thing at the same time. Two hundred dollars! All of a sudden, they saw Mr. Anderson. They heard his voice. Oh, Boys, I can see your fingertips. Oh, there was Mr. Anderson standing in front of a broken window holding their baseball. Well, their hearts were sinking, of course. That's when Mr. Anderson did something very, very weird. He took that ball, threw it back to the boys, turned around, Went inside, never said a word. You know, Johnny and Jimmy didn't feel much like playing baseball after that. They took their bats and balls, their caps and gloves, and they moped on down the street, around the corner, back home. When they got inside, they put their equipment away in the right spot. Mom looked at that and she thought, good parenting. <laughs> Well, they went downstairs to, to the TV room, did not turn on the TV. Mom thought, that's weird. When she called them for dinner that night, they came on the very first call. That's when Mom started to worry. And when she feed, fed them Brussels sprouts, <coughs> they ate them without complaint. Well, certainly there had to be something wrong. Well, that's the time Dad got a phone call. He said, one moment, please. Uh, yeah, hello? Hello, Mr. Anderson? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're here. They, they did. Ah, yes. We will do that. Thank you, sir. Bye. Well, Dad went back to his Brussels sprouts. Never said a word about the window. Johnny and Jimmy knew they'd have to pay for that thing, and so they did everything they knew how to do in their little town to earn some money. They collected bottles, they collected cans, took them to the recycling, they mowed lawns, they raked lawns, took out trash. By the end of the week, they had $37.42. It's going to be a long ways to 200 Well, in about two weeks, Dad got another call. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, I'll send them. Thank you. Bye. Uh, boys, uh, Mr. Anderson would like to see you in his backyard right away. <laughs> Dad, do you know about the window? Yeah. But we don't have the money. $37.42. He said one word. Go. They did. They moped down the street and around the corner back to Mr. Anderson's house. When they got there, 
they found Mr. Anderson, of course, they looked up and there was a brand new window, all fixed. They said, oh, Mr. Anderson, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We didn't mean to break the window. I know I went, and we did, but we didn't mean to. And here, here's $32, $37.42. We'll pay the rest. <laughs> we may have to, you know, earn money till Jesus comes back. But <laughs> here, take it. He said, boys, put your money away. I want to make you a deal. A deal? What kind of deal, Mr. Anderson? They thought they'd be mowing his lawn until the end of time. He said, no, here's the deal I want to make with you. I won't make you pay the price for that window if you learn the meaning of one word. What word? He said, grace. Grace. You mean like the prayer that Dad says for our food? That kind of grace? No, no. <laughs> That's one kind of grace. But grace is a free gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You just receive it. They said, you mean you'd, you'd do that for us just so that we know what grace is all about? Yeah. Why? Why would you do that, Mr. Anderson? Well, I'll tell you something, boys. I once had a debt to pay that I couldn't afford, and someone paid it for me. They said, how much? Mr. Anderson, was it like 10000 or a million? He said, no, boys. My penalty, the price for that, was death. Mr. Anderson, what did you do? Did you, like, murder somebody or what? He said, no, no. I sinned. The Bible is really clear. The penalty for sin is death. But the free gift of God's grace is life. Through faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> we've, we've heard about that. The cross and the grave and everything. God must love you a whole lot to do that. <laughs> he said, yeah. He does, boys. And listen, he loves you in the very same way. Those boys learned a lot about grace that sunny summer all because of a long fly ball. Would you bow with me for a moment of prayer? Gracious God, God, our Father, full of grace. Thank you. Thank you, God, for paying our penalty. Lord, may this made-up story reveal your true nature. How you indeed did pay the penalty for our sins. Just out of your love for us, how Jesus suffered and died, but rose again, that we, by our faith in him, might also be spared the penalty and be given eternal life by your grace. May that live in our hearts, be a, a vital thread in the story of our lives, to live by your grace all our days 
until we join you in eternity. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.